listeners. Welcome to the Cousins Wine and Tea Podcast. Each week we will bring you a brand new episode. Please tune in because you don't want to miss it. While we sip on our wine, we're going to bring you the tea. Because if you're thinking about it, we're talking about it. Hello and good evening, everyone. Welcome back. Um, We had a little break here. Um, due to the Thanksgiving holiday, which I do hope everyone had a blessed Thanksgiving, uh, and enjoy the time with your family and friends. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Cousins Wine and Tea Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Lynn. And I'm Tay. And we are so glad to be back with y'all this evening. I missed y'all. Um, but anyway, um, our topic for today is why are black women so misunderstood? Now, I'm going to start off um, with a understanding or misunderstanding, which is uh, pretty prominent, I guess, in our society of why people think that black women are, or why we think that black women are misunderstood. Misunderstandings about any group of people can arise from stereotypes, cultural biases, and lack of diverse representation. It's important to recognize and challenge these misconceptions to promote understanding and inclusivity. What is the strong black woman archetype? This is something that we hear all the time or or that's put out there in society or for the world that thinks that black women or this particular archetype describes a cultural pattern where black women are expected to and present as physically and mentally strong regardless of past and ongoing stressors. So I'm just gonna ask the ladies here, Lynn first. what are some of the stereotypes of black women that you um came across okay uh the the one that that i came across is um that we're angry we're loud we're aggressive we're masculine we're naive we're obnoxious we're hostile we're bitter we're overbearing uh we don't like to listen we're mm. too opinionated and we don't know how to submit. <laughs> and we're That's some of the least point. desired. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. That, that's just real effed up. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about you, Tay? Okay. So the stereotypes that I have that I'm going to bring up is um, the mammy. <laughs> The Jezebel, the Sapphire, angry black woman, strong black woman. Okay. These are like stereotypes that have been perpetuated in film, but a lot of that does translate into real life. Hmm. Agree. Girl, but what's the mammy though? I think I've heard of the mammy one, but. The mammy is basically like a maid. Like, she takes care of her family. She's asexual. She doesn't have a life of her own. She is only really there to support the family. She will put aside her own desires and needs to support, like, back in the day, it would be to support, like, the European family, the European woman and her children. But I feel like in the present day, it's black men that we mammy for. Oh, okay, yeah, I heard that one before. I heard that before. Yes. And then what was the other one you had? Mammy um, and Jezebel. Okay. Jezebel's is basically a 
a oversexed woman. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, her only power is in her body and the influence she has over men. Mm. So that's, like, perpetuated, like, in your black uh, exploitation movies from the 70s. You mm-hmm. would see that a lot, like, with Pam Greer. Oh, yeah. You know, that's pretty much like your Jezebel. Okay. But they can also say it's a Jezebel spirit. Yeah. But that's where that comes from. Okay. And then you had another one, though. Um, The last one, I kind of, like, put it all together. It's like a sapphire, angry black woman, and the strong black woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I just wanted you to kind of just touch on, you know, each of those, since maybe some of our listeners may not know what those definitions are. So just kind of wanted to just get you to give a full, you know, a better understanding of what some of those meant. Mm-hmm. But we did see a lot of that back in the day in the 70s, those black exploitation films with black women. But I mean, what can I, what I can say about Pam Greer is that she wasn't like, put out there as being oversexed. I mean, she was, I mean, look at some of the movies she was in. Like, you know, she was always like a fighter, you know, like she was, <laughs> yeah. you know, she knew how to fight. She was sexy. She was, you know, smart, you know, and, you know, she was just, I mean, everybody liked Pam Greer or loved Pam Greer because yeah. she just represented that strong black woman that didn't take no mess. Plus she yeah. knew how to fight. Plus mm-hmm. she was sexy. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, but anyway, into uh, add on to that as far as with the stereotypes, black women often face the challenge of being unfairly unfairly stereotyped, which can lead to misunderstandings about their personalities, abilities, and interests. Intersectionality, intersectional experiences, combining race and gender contribute to unique challenges that also may be overlooked or misunderstood by those who do not share those identities. One other thing I do want to point out uh, with misunderstanding with black women is media representation. Mm -hmm. Limited and sometimes skewed portrayals in media can perpetuate stereotypes contributing to widespread misconceptions about black women's lives, our perspectives, and achievements. Mm -hmm. Somehow they get overlooked or misunderrepresented. I cannot talk tonight. (laughs) misrepresented uh with media that's putting it out there i mean and we know social media is just a big thing now but just being presented in the media negatively also that does contribute to misconceptions about us as black women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so lynn i know you had some uh points that you wanted to talk about um as far as i don't know if it's necessarily more so like with the stereotypes but some other information on um the misunderstandings of black women. Yeah, I'll just kind of just add to what you were saying. Uh, Basically, I feel like our black community is broken. Um, Our family structure has unfortunately been dismantled due to structural discrimination, being products of our environment, our morals, values, and self-love for one another has been compromised. Mm. Um, Like, for example, we we have uh, trauma, we have single black mothers, we have growing up in broken homes. We have our life experiences being unevenly yoked in relationships. Mm. These are just all examples of why, you know, we feel the way we feel, you know, that way, but but we get this tag of, oh, you're so angry and you're hostile, but they don't know where it stems from. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, what I was going to say too, is there's a lot of black women who operate on superwoman powers. Yes. Uh, working one to two jobs with long hours, trying to 
you know, raise her children the best way she can and still handle her business. Um, there yeah. are many black women that are mentally drained, emotionally exhausted and burnt out. I mean, a lot of black women are simply tired of being mislabeled and or misunderstood when in reality, the bottom line is her plate is full. Yeah. And she has a lot of uh, the, the weight on her shoulders, you know, that's just too heavy for her. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's true. So therefore, there are a lot of black women, especially a lot of single black women that are under a lot of stress, yeah. you know, because um, we, we've been forced to, to basically toughen up and save our families by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. And, yes. you know, we're not meant to be leaders. Men are meant to be our leaders and they are missing in our household. So excuse us if we get a little angry at times. We're yeah. tired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, and it's like, dang, ask. Don't just assume. Yeah. Ask and see, ask what I may be going through. Right. Don't just assume that I, you know, I'm the angry black woman. I mean, there's reasons for everything. Right. You need to ask. Don't just assume that, you know, you're putting us all in a uh, a box and yeah. that's not fair because we can't sit up here and say all men are dogs. Right. Because we don't know all of you. We don't know what your background is or anything. We're making us an assumption. We are categorizing you and generalizing you as, you know, a whole because you're a man mm -hmm. and saying that you're a dog. Mm -hmm. And we have no proof of your your past or anything. Right. So it's the same thing with us black women. You know, it's not fair. Um, and it is very um, disheartening to find that people think that about us, that we are so angry and we're difficult and we're yeah. undesired, like mm -hmm. you said, and it is very hard. I mean, it's very hard to accept that type of uh, generalization because yeah. it's not true. Yeah, that alone, I mean, that, that would, that's, it, it just makes me sad and mad at the same time. <laughs> yes. Because it's not a fair, it's just not a fair um, assessment, assessment not. of who we are. Right. Like find out who we are before you judge. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that brings me to my next point. There is a show that comes on on YouTube. Uh, it's a uh, it's a YouTube show and I'm not sure who uh, runs it or who's over it, but it's called Unfiltered Stories. Mm -hmm. Not only does it feature black women, it's women of all races, cultures, and there's men on there too. I've mostly seen mostly black people. But there are, you know, Caucasian people on there as well. And, you know, people over in the Caribbean, etc. But these are very uh, interesting stories. And again, just to sum it up, all these people have dealt with some type of childhood trauma, whether it's involving uncles, daddies, cousins, mama's ex-husbands, boyfriends, whatever. It's a whole gamut of people that have been traumatized by a child, a childhood uh, incident or uh, situation that has prompted them to be who they are. And I'm not saying that these people have just sat back and just suffered and did nothing. These are people who have overcome that, who've written books. They've talked about it openly and candidly on this channel uh, where they talk about their stories in detail. So, I mean, if you are triggered easily, I would tread lightly if you don't want to watch it, but it is very uh, powerful 
I've shed some tears myself listening to some of these people's stories because it's like, mm-hmm. how in the world did you survive? Mm-hmm. It's that black girl magic, okay? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times people just assume that, oh, she angry, she mad. But it's like, you have no idea what I've been through. Right. You know, can you walk a mile in my shoes mm-hmm. or that person's shoes? Because you don't know what they've been through, right. what they've endured. Mm-hmm. And for you or society to sit up here and say, oh, she angry all the time. You know, she this, she that. And it's not fair. You're not giving that person a chance to, you know, explain themselves right. or anything. Right. Everybody deserves, you know, an explanation. I mean, you just ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ask the questions. Ask those questions, especially when you're in the dating phase. Ask questions about people's past. You know, if you were serious and with that person and you going down that road, mm-hmm. ask them, don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Please See, don't I, make assumptions. Right. Now, that's just like I was watching a, uh, uh, when I was doing the research for our topic. It was there was a guy on one of those um, one of those shows on there. And he was saying that he felt the same way about black women that he prejudged us. But he would then but then he said he got to thinking about it and he had. He had to apologize to, he, he apologized actually to black okay. women. Okay. He said, because he said, the reason why I'm apologizing is because my mom, I, my mom raised us in a single black family home. Mm-hmm. And he said, and just for the fact that like, I watched my mom struggle to take care of us. And, uh, you know, he, he said, yeah, my mom did have to be a little strong. She she had four boys. Mm-hmm. He said, she did have to put on a, like a, a tough a tough exterior to be able to raise us. And he said, and then he said, so he said, when I thought about it, it made me look at the way I judge black women. And I'm th- and he said, and it made me think about how somebody might've judged my mom. And he mm-hmm. said, so I just want to thank, you know, he, so he thanked his mother for everything that she had done. And he apologized to the black women who he's judged mm-hmm. because he, he didn't understand their story until he reflected on his own story cool. from his mom. Yes. So. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. I'm glad yeah. to hear that because mm-hmm. we need some more apologies. <laughs> we need some more apologies <laughs> from, <laughs> from black men, y'all. Okay, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> but the strong black woman is a mantra for so much, much a part of the U.S. culture that it is seldom realized how great a toll it has taken on the emotional well-being of the african-american woman Mm -hmm. as much as it may give her the illusion of control it keeps her from identifying what she needs and reaching out for help Mm -hmm. do you not think that we need help sometime or that we are you know missing out on some very valuable information i mean again you making assumptions that that we don't need help that we don't feel anything i'm not made of stone and i'm sure you're not made of stone either it's like i have feelings you know, I, you know, I have the need for love. I mean, it's like, I, I'm not, uh, you know, just stone cold. I'm not, I, we have needs and wants and desires too. Right. Cause so, so I people, can't just handle it all. Right. Some, some, I feel like some black women are strong because we have to, not that we yeah. want to. We like we, to we all want to sit back in our femininity yes. and be gentle and sweet and caring nurturing, and nurturing, yes. Yes. you know, but there's sometimes our, sometimes the, the situations in life that we have, the cards that we've been dealt sometimes like, you know, like that guy said, it's just made us have to put on this exterior. It's almost like a defense mechanism to, you know, just to kind of shield what's coming at us. Right, we we yeah. have to be these people that we were not born to be. We have uh-huh. to be, we have to be 
men in relationships. We have to be, uh, you know, this masculine energy, as yeah. they say, so we can help take care of our families. You know what I'm saying? The mama and, and the daddy. The mama and the daddy. And it shouldn't have to be that way. The teacher. Yeah. And it shouldn't have to be that way. No, I mean, I'm not blaming right. our black men for everything, but there are some black men that, you know, it's the way we're treated. The, mm-hmm. the ways that our, our, our fa- the fathers have left our homes, they leave us to raise our children by ourselves. You know, it's just, you know, it's enough to drive anybody a little angry. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we're tired. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you right. know, it's just everybody just kind of need to step up to the plate and just yes. empower and help each other. You know, yeah. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Black women, we are the conductors of black existence. Mm-hmm. Often, again, we are misunderstood, not only in language, but they're very, the very nature of our being has been reduced to navigating a reality incapable of us being understood. So we need people, men, just society, period, to see us, really see us, not just to look at us and say, oh, she angry, she, because you black, that means I'm angry. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, find out the underlying issue. You know, don't just make assumptions about me or any other black woman that you see. It's like you have to get to know her, understand who she is, where she's come from. If you don't know her and you're on the outside looking in, then, you know, you don't know. So it would be wrong to sit up here and keep generalizing uh, our struggles when you really don't know what they are. Right. I mean, it's pretty sad that it seems like people put us all in the same box and we're yeah. all from... Totally different walks of life, classes of life, backgrounds, yep. struggles. Just like, just like they they people under misunderstand the the even the highly educated women like Omarosa, Ebony K. Williams, Angela mm-hmm. Rye, Candace Owens. You know, even Stacey Dash, crazy. <laughs> I mean, and then you know, and then that goes all the way down to the women like Sukiana, Sexy Red, City Girls, Nicki Minaj. I mean. <laughs> All of those women have a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, and none of us really understand each other's story. But I right. mean, the reason why I bought those set of women up, like I just from one extreme to another, is because, you know, I saw where Candace Owens was, you know, of course, talking down on the like the Sukiyanas and the sexy reds of, of mm-hmm. this generation. I mean, you know, and unfortunately, the thing about it is those women are. Uh, they're a product of their environment. They just trying to make money by any means necessary. Unfortunately, it's by selling themselves. Right. Being, the Jezebel. Having the Jez- that Jezebel having spirit. Having the Jezebel spirit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like to, to where they just don't care. They kind of just, you know, dog walking, talking about the coochie popping and, and this, <laughs> all this so nasty stuff. And, you know, and it just, it just, it, it kind of, kind of like something we were talking about on air. Um, Tay, what were you saying about how you felt about the Sukiana and the Sexy Reds? Oh, I was just basically saying, like, I think it's a bigger agenda when it comes to, like, the Sexy Reds of the world. Because it's like, it's the young girls that take in this music, you know. Mm -hmm. And if anybody not familiar with Sexy Red... We all know what she say in her songs. It's mm-hmm. like a popular song for the that was popular for the whole summer. Mm-hmm. My booty hole brown, my coochie pink, uh-huh. my booty hole brown. So little girls, I never even heard that. And thankfully, <laughs> I didn't. Little so. girls are saying this, you know, yeah. and it's it's dangerous. 
You know what I'm saying? Because I remember when I was younger, you know, you would have your your moments when you were kind of fast or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. You'd be told, okay, you got to be put on punishment. You can't wear lipstick, take the lipstick off, you know, stuff like that. But these days and times, like, that can really get you in a, get a young girl in a situation where she could be sex trafficked. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, get snatched up. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's a whole different mentality for this generation. Mm-hmm. So it's very dangerous. Like the little sex, the, the sexy reds, and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. But see, that, that's what I say. They're, yeah, they're, they are showing like a, it, it's a negative stereotype. But the crazy thing is they're, <laughs> they're mm-hmm. mad popular. Yeah. <laughs> They it's are very, special. very popular for, for the songs that they sing. It's targeted to the young, to the, the youth. young girls, yeah, to, to the youth. young girls. So yeah, they're popular. I mean, but the, I mean, the sad thing is that you know, I guess they misunderstood too. That they just, like yeah. I say, they just a product of their environment. I guess they just saying what they know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If they wasn't taught nothing different, then they just doing yeah. what they know. Um, but as far as for the highly educated women, like even them, they are misunderstood as well. Like everything that, you know, Ebony K. Williams tries to talk about, which is her rightful opinion of, yes. of how she feels. Like she has her own, you know, morals and values and, and her insights on different things. And I mean, she's uh, misunderstood. I mean, uh, like Candace Owen, I mean, I can't stand her either, but the thing about her is she can't stand the way our culture uh, is, is our community has just gone down yeah. the tubes. Cause that She's hood, very vocal about the it. The ratchet <laughs> stuff is promoted. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and she and I hates that. that. Like us as a community, we have to step up and do better. You know yes. what I'm saying? When it comes right to being that. parents and stuff like that, you gotta be paying attention to your kids mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not let the internet raise them because that's yeah. what's happening. No, that's right. That's what's happening talk. these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much on the internet. Right. You know, so we, we gotta hold ourselves accountable. Up. You know, and as far as like the angry black woman, I understand that as far as like the things that we go through mm-hmm. that makes us be, you know, more like I guess they would consider masculine or aggressive Mm -hmm. that's because we are put in the place where we have to be you know the provider and stuff like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I just want black women to get help you know what I'm saying because we can't take that into relationships and when you do meet a good man you can't take all that into that relationship because we gotta heal from our trauma like we have a lot of trauma and we have to admit we do walk around angry and yeah, mad. You're right about that. And we need to get help. Yes, well, I, mean, I agree. I agree. I agree with that too. You know, but I mean, some people may not think that that they, you know, that they have a trauma. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That. Yeah. Um, and that's they, the problem. Like yeah. you know, we have to acknowledge it. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. That's the thing. Because it's acknowledging it to be able to seek it. Like you being, you know having that mindset and it goes vice versa mm-hmm. both ways mm-hmm. yeah you, that I'm black man he needs to. to get help yep. for his trauma and so does the black woman yeah right. i agree yep need some therapy y'all some that. therapy, therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some therapy is no problem with therapy um okay so now uh, we're just going to kind of go through some solutions on how to break the stereotypes that we've just uh, discussed here. So for one thing, we need to uh, prioritize self-care. Like 
take some time out like we just said get some therapy there is nothing wrong with therapy i think that people think that oh i'm not crazy it's not about you being crazy it's about you taking care of yourself mentally you can mentally be broken down and when you're not taking care of yourself i mean you just that doesn't allow you to focus on other things mm -hmm. like you have to be able to you know go to work take care of your children if applicable you know run the business affairs of your household you have to be able to mentally be able to to handle those things because sometimes if there's a little crinkle a crinkle in the fabric somewhere it affects everything yeah you're right, you're right you know so what's another thing uh land for breaking the stereotype well i was saying we need to just really pray for god to kind of help us release those negative feelings and seek peace and joy yes uh, we also need to realize that we are not, we, we really shouldn't, don't even accept or claim them negative stereotypes. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, because like as far, as far as like the angry black woman, here's my thing. We are really not angry black women. We are black women who get angry because of our <laughs> circumstances. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That that's is how true. I look at that. Like, I, you know, we get angry just like everybody else. But why is all the black women, why are we just angry black women right. i hate that race. i know i hate I, that I hate too because that is so the strong, strong. black man. yeah the strong like, black i don't want to i don't leave myself with that because i'm feminine right you know, you know that's <laughs> right. i lean all into my femininity so it's like, <laughs> that's right. you don't have to give me that you know because that's how i roll yeah right. Right. i don't yeah. like that i don't say that either I, when i say black, strong yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, and I think people just, it's just a misconception. Like, uh, the strength, you know, strong. Yeah. No, I, like I said, when we said in a previous show, it's about resiliency. Mm -hmm. Being able to bounce back because, you know, that has always been our thing. You know, we can make something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. That's with mm -hmm. food, clothes, whatever it is, you're going to make it do what it do. Right. That's okay. where the black girl magic come in at. I'm I sorry. You. Yeah. you know, right. but... I mean, some people just can't, <laughs> can't handle that. Yeah. But, you know, again, the strong black woman, I don't like that either. I like resilient black woman better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm very mm -hmm. feminine too. I like to be feminine and sexy. And when you look at me, you think soft. Mm -hmm. You don't okay. be thinking, oh, she's strong. She hard. Right. You know, hard around the edges. You know, rough around the edges. No, that's not me. Right. Mm -hmm. I hear you. That is not me. That okay. part. <laughs> well, well, just going on to some other things. Um, sometimes another solution, I mean, I think sometimes we need to check ourselves. Uh, we need to realize that in our life, we, we have made mistakes. Yes. We've made some bad choices. We need mm -hmm. to learn how to forgive ourselves um, because, you know, we are not our trauma. Our trauma was just a small chapter in our life. Yeah. And we have to we have to like you said get therapy we have yep. to learn how to get over it yes and and not keep reliving it every day because that yeah. is something that will make we us can't angry have that baggage yes. you know what I'm yeah saying? you can't keep live reliving it that I mean, baggage when you carry it around with you you just do yourself a, a, a disservice. disservice yes yep. that's right Yep. You know, it takes right. time to, to get rid of baggage, but you definitely got to work on it. Oh, mm -hmm. yes, definitely. Yep. Definitely. So, yep. So all of us have, um, I feel like all of us have a story um, to justify, you know, why we feel the way we feel and why we act the way we act. Um, we just need to, I feel like, you know, a solution to just help all of it is we need to check our approach on how we handle relationships. 
Yes. We need to help in our communication of bringing our families back together again. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will say, too, is I feel like we need to really be honest with our black men about how we truly feel. Uh, because a lot of the hurt stems from, from them. And I'm not saying all black men. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, you know, we are tired, you know, of the way we're treated. Uh, we're tired of the way we're being left in situations that's out of our control. Uh, we're tired of fatherless families. Mm -hmm. uh, we're tired of being told that we're not desired or we're not mm -hmm. marriage material or, you know, or not, you're just not wanted. I mean, so what, like, wouldn't you be a tad bit upset if, if yeah. all those stereotypes were being hit at mm -hmm. you? I mean, it's just not a fair, yeah, you know, stereotype, fair. you know. But like I said, what we need to do is we really need to just, you know, especially as black women, uh, we need to uh, continue to empower and uplift each other in positive ways so our children can see um, good role models so they don't yeah. carry that generational curse of yep. of this angry, angry stereotype that is plaguing our communities. Yes. Yes, and we Amen. just gotta, we just gotta like know who we are, you know, educate yourself, you know, mm -hmm. so you can have an understanding of who you are mm -hmm. and how you are supposed to present in the world because it's a lot of like confusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's a lot of like division. Mm -hmm. You know, we just need to know who we are. Mm-hmm. That is true. I mean, basically at this point, we, um, there's more work to be done on both sides. That means black men, black men, black women, how we treat each other today will impact our, our tomorrow. So we definitely need to work together because otherwise our tomorrow cannot be bright without each other. Um, right. so at this point, um, we're going to, um chat with tay here um in regards to some celebrity news um so we're gonna let tay kind of tap in with that um with the celebrity news piece um so tay um what are we talking about today okay so we're talking about puff y'all <laughs> not the puppy all right, oh, y'all. Sean Daddy. Puffy Combs. Puff Zaddy. You <laughs> said Puff Zaddy. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to thank God. Second of all, I'd like to thank my whole entire Dempo family on both sides. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to tell Tupac, keep his guards up. We ride with him. And one other thing I'd like to say, any artist out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star, and don't want to, and want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the video, all on the record, dancing, come to death row. Okay, y'all, that was a little excerpt from, uh, was that an interview? Not an interview. Was that a award show? Yes. That's for Puffy? So what was, what's going on with that? Okay, we're about to get into it, y'all. 
robotic, futuristic George Jetson. Yeah, kicking flavor in your ears (laughs) so what's up everybody we about to get into some things so this is the downfall of puffy in the bad boy empire so we're gonna we're gonna go back into the past and bring it to the future so unless you live on planet mars (laughs) we have been witnessing the end of a hip-hop king did puffy accumulate all his wealth and success by exploiting his artists. He has been accused of stealing royalties and harsh treatment of his artists over once the honeymoon phase is over. So let's take a mini deep dive down memory lane. So from 93 to 99, Sean Puffy Combs got his start in music as an intern for Andre Harrell's record label, Uptown Records. Andre became his mentor and taught him the ins and outs of the music industry. He quickly became an A&R executive and talent director for Uptown, helping develop Jodeci and Mary J. Blige. He created Jodeci's persona. Andre gave him the direction to dress them like how he dressed around the office. So that also translated to Mary J. Blige. So just think about like, the Timberland boots, mm-hmm. the baseball jerseys, the skirts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically, that was my era. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I dress like that with the, the swoops, the French rose, the baggy jeans. Mm-hmm. You know, just. Nah, that went right on past me. <laughs> Classic <laughs> 90s. <laughs> I didn't wear none of that stuff. <laughs> so he also, uh, he came across Biggie's demo tape. He was signed to the label MCA Records. However, the label's distributor didn't want to release Biggie's album because of the content. But shout out to Puffy because labels were passing on Biggie for his looks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Say too much more about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't know how to market him. So Puffy knew that he, he was a diamond in the rough. And the rest is history. So he got fired from Uptown. Started Bad Boy in 1993 as a joint venture with Arista. Puff mm. helped him produce his debut album. The second signee was Craig Mack, which is how we brought in the intro. His single, Flavor in Your Ear, became Bad Boy's first release. The Notorious B.I.G. dropped his debut album, Ready to Die, in 1994. It sold 500,000 copies by the end of the year. 
His first three singles, Juicy, Big Papa, and One More Chance were major hits that put Bad Boy on the map. Bad Boy in 1995 was the number one record label of the year. Puff was focusing his attention on Biggie after Craig's debut album. So he put Craig on the back burner and he ended up leaving the label that year. Craig Mack did. Oh, okay. So he bought many other artists on board like Mace and 112. And both Faith Evans and Total scored platinum albums in 1995. Dang, I used to love 112. Mm -hmm. Yes. Then in 1997... His most valuable artist, Biggie, was murdered in a drive-by shooting. He was only 24. A few weeks after, or a few weeks from, excuse me, releasing his second mm. album, barely titled Life After Death. Wait a minute, did he, um, I mean, so literally he only had one album? Yeah. He had two. Biggie had two albums? He Dang. had two albums. God. These kind of came out back to back. Yeah. Mm, okay. So people have speculated Biggie and Tupac's deaths are related there are conspiracy theories that Puff was the one that orchestrated the attack on his artist. Mm -hmm. There were rumors he was unhappy with his contract with Puff and he was on his way out the door. Little C's claims he purchased his publishing for $200,000 before his death. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wasn't that crazy? So it was claimed <clears throat> he was broke despite his smash hits. But his passing boosted Bad Boy. Mm. So in 1991, the label was raking in $130 million in Dang. annual sales. Mm. He was also dabbling in restaurants and clothing companies. His solo album, No Way Out, released in 1997, went seven times platinum. Mm -hmm. So although Bad Boy Records had taken over the last half of the 1990s decade, a lot of the artists fell victim to the so-called curse. Mm -hmm. Their momentum and star power fizzled out after their first albums, and some of them merely lasted for more than two albums. Mm -hmm. He bounced around to whatever artist was hot at the time instead of focusing on the longevity of each individual act. Wow. And by the time the new decade came, most of the label's original acts were gone. Mm -hmm. So, now let's get into one of the last artists of 1999 on Bad Boy, which is The Locks. Um, I don't even remember them. Oh, you, they had a big song. So, hip-hop trio The Locks had one of the first falling outs with Bad Boy. Mary J. Blige heard their demo and passed it along to Diddy. They gained Main Street popularity with the hit song All About the Benjamins. Mm -hmm. I know you heard that song. Oh, okay. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So their 1998 Money, Power, and Respect debut album didn't get much commercial success. Uh, they were disappointed in the direction Puffy was going for Bad Boy. So they wanted to leave the label, but Puff refused to let them out of their contract. So they started a Free the Locks campaign, and he finally severed ties then they signed with Rough Riders. So now we're just going to get into a little snippet of the argument on Hot 97 of the Locks and Diddy. Um, they had an argument in 2005. Wow. So let's get into that. Damn. Yeah, 
crazy. Isn't it though? Like I said, sometimes you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. with these artists. You're like, dang, what happened to such and such? Right, exactly. One hit wonders. One hit wonders, yeah. Maybe that stuff behind the scenes. Yep. That's why his karma coming for mm-hmm. him. We dog coming so many back. people yep. out. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Definitely coming back on you. Yep. Um, so while we're waiting for Tay to queue up her um, segment there, um, please do not forget that um, we do accept emails. You can email us um, at our combo with cousins765 at outlook.com. Um, you, we always encourage your questions and suggestions, so please do uh, reach out to us via email. All right, so Tay um, has her information queued up here. Um, so you can um, roll them. Throwing it out the window. When we came in the door, we ain't, we come, I mean, we ain't no greedy dudes. Mm-hmm. If you know us, Angie, anybody will know us. We hard workers, we chilling, we humble. We the streets, like. But you, we ain't trying to go, go rob nobody for, for nine or say, yo, hit us with some. But yo, dog, we made one album with you. Years ago, we came in the game. We paid three million to get off. Close to three million. I pay them three hundred. You made, Lord knows what you made off the Benjamins. Every time I put out a solo album, he gotta get an advance of three hundred thousand. It's crazy. How do you get? People don't see like, and to me it's like, yo, come on, dog. You on MTV, VH1, million dollar parties, Sean, John, Justin's, this and that. We did one album with you, dog. You Benjamins, Lord, no way out from the Benjamins, so something crazy. You made something crazy. You made your money back off of that. Mm. And when we came in the door, our advance was between the three of us was like 100 G's. And you charged us $3 million to let go. He had a publishing for half of 10 years now. And we've been trying to, we've been, we've been quiet. Yeah. You know, people be like, y'all wild. Or y'all so, behind the, so but behind the scenes, you've been dealing with behind this for a long time? Behind the scenes, we're on our seventh lawyer. Is that Puffy on 11? Or none of nothing. 
Just yesterday, you told us that. I see you at the whole at the show backstage. Find out what it was. But don't don't sit here and portray like Puff took nothing from y'all. What is it? What is it? What are you calling? What are you calling? And don't say we can come to your office or do none of that because we can't do none of that. You want, you want we can't talk? handle it no other way, what but we're lawyers, and you know that, so don't get on the radio and act like a tough guy or none of that. You know how we can settle? You acting tough. In my office. So why don't we stop talking on the radio? Now, you want people to stop talking because you just don't want to know the truth, dog. We made one record with you. Money our respect. It's 10 years later, and you still got half of our publishing. And now, there's no way you can make it justifiable that you should, you, 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 you deserve half of our publishing. my face. We just have the concert. You ain't saying nothing. What are we going to do, Shane, and your face, what do you want us to do? We can't touch. We uh, it's not. A, we can't be violent or none of that. We can't even have this dog. Two years ago, levels in Miami. Let's say this for the Y'all know where the office is at. There's a big sign on it. I'm going to be here. The whole national cut us downstairs. Cut it out. We can't I'm a grown ass man, man. You're a coward. And I don't take nothing. You're a thief. Don't say you're a you're a thief. Okay. You're a thief. Come to the office, man. Come to the office so we can straighten it out there. Yo, how we just, we just three guys already on here to mess with. You had your hands too. Call me whatever you, you want. You won't let his publishing go. I'm at the office. You, you, you won't let your hands publishing go. You will argue in front of New York. That's the way you want to do it. Do you own your man's publishing, you man? Do you own your man's publishing? New York can believe it or whatever. I don't do you own your man's publishing? I can sleep good at night because I ain't never seen that in New York. And if y'all ever want to see that, you got a whole bunch of artists that have been like that. That's it. Dog, you had a bunch of artists who careers never went like that. Be for real, dog. I'm not the man. I don't know what you mean. 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 I don't know what you Look at all the arts you dealt with. Look at this situation they dealt with. You know what? I'm not happy with you gone. It's not happy with you gone. We not happy with you gone. They not happy with you gone. Wow, wow, wow. All right. Hold up. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Shine jail. So there you go. So did the locks ever get their publishing? Like that's my question. And did the publishing? Did the publishing go to Janice and his son Justin? Because you know that's what they say is that he put all the publishing in their name. Mm. So, um, mm. wow. So basically, you know, I was looking, doing a little bit of research, and basically, an artist who owns the master, the master rights, will receive royalties anytime the song is played. Mm. So you mirror like that song was so crazy. So like all they could have made like they probably made like tons and tons of money because that song was being played a lot. So, so you guys, um, we revisited Biggie's. I mean, not excuse me, not Biggie's Puffy's beginnings and how he became a mogul. So just basically, y'all, we in a time of revelation. There's mm-hmm. a lot of more things that are coming to the light. Uh, this is part one, and we're going to close out and be back with part two. All right. Yeah, all right. That was our celebrity news, y'all, <laughs> with Sean Puffy Combs. <laughs> um, Linda, we have anything? Did you have anything else here? <laughs> 
Okay, y'all, so we are uh, coming up on the end of our show. I'm so glad that you guys were able to join us again this evening. Like I said, we did have a break uh, with the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, just want to kind of give you some uh, reminders here. Um, you can now follow us on Instagram. We do have an Instagram uh, page now. Still just kind of working on it. It's still, it's still it's up and running, though, so please follow us on there. Um, you can join us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and of course, Spotify and iHeartRadio. Remember to subscribe to our show to receive regular updates and notifications. We thank you for listening and hope to engage with you again soon. Because if you're you thinking, thinking about, about it, it we're talking about, about it. Well, I thank you again for tuning in, you guys. You have a good night. And Stay safe and be blessed. <laughs>